Thank you for tuning in to Kineticast. I'm your host, Bo Sauls. Today, we have Alex Graham, CES and Strength and Conditioning Coach at the Alberta Sport Development Center. Alex is joining us today to talk about functional fatigue and how it can be measured on the Kineticense. Not only is Alex a Strength and Conditioning Coach at Alberta Sport and Development Center, she is also a Kineticense user for many years and a Kinetic Coach. If you're involved in biomechanics with Olympic lifters, power lifters, or any type of lifter, this is the perfect person for you to listen to. Again, if you liked today's episode, don't forget to go into your podcast app, subscribe, and leave us some feedback. You can always get more information on Kineticense by visiting kineticense.com. Without further ado, let's jump into this episode, Measuring Functional Fatigue Using CAMS with Alex Graham. Thank you for tuning in Kineticast. I'm your host, Bo Sauls. Today we have Alex Graham, CES, and I'll be the first to say it, Kinetic Coach. Correct, Alex? That is correct. Yeah, so why don't you tell us a little bit about that? What's going on with Kinetic Coach? Sure. So uh, Kinetic Coach is a, is a new segment we're starting here at Kineticense that essentially is going into the application of uh, the Kineticense software um, and how we can use that um, primarily in a, you know, a, a training environment to uh, you know, change the way people move, change the way they lift, change the way they squat. Um, yeah, just coaching movement through Kineticense. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, probably using the more of the functional module and then like tracking in the three planes of motion, correct? And that's what you're being able to kind of coach lifts or to kind of get into that too. What, what, what's, what's going on on that? Yeah, so the functional module is uh, definitely where I spend the majority of my time. And uh, that transverse plane view is, uh, it's money. That's where it's at. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah, the ability to see how your body moves, how you hinge, you know, the positioning of your knees and shoulders compared to your, you know, your feet and all that um, really allows us to break down complex movements like the Olympic lifts, um, you know, how to change how we squat to optimize those kind of loading patterns. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what we're doing is just improving performance through, you know, improving biomechanics using that functional module. I mean, this is something we talk about a lot on here. Uh, I talk about the real-time biofeedback, and, I mean, I want you to kind of talk more about it because I've talked about rehabbing with it, but you can actually talk about training people on how to lift properly and do different things. So what, how, how have you seen re- the real-time biofeedback kind of help you out? Well, I mean, it's great. Um, so I, I like using it both real time and then as well, even just, you know, pulling my athlete back to the screen after and kind of breaking it down and really going into more coaching. But from a real time position, you know, I can set my lifter up, um, you know, with a barbell. Let's say they're going to do a, a clean or something, you know, an Olympic lift, something like that. And they can see before they even start their lift, like, man, okay, I'm not loaded ideally. I'm already shifting over onto my right side. So maybe I'm right side dominant or, I, hey, my hips are twisted. And we can use that live time to be like, okay, I need to change the way I'm setting up, right? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, that movement's a, a, quite a fast explosive movement. So it's, you know, it's obviously hard to watch yourself in real time once you get going on that, but breaking it down after and saying, Hey, did I hit triple extension? How do I come out of my squat? Where do I land in my squat? Um, but then some of the slower movements, like a, like a squat, for instance, you can watch yourself squat and say, Oh, look at when I hit depth or I hit parallel, I shift completely to this side or my shoulders do this or whatever wonky movement patterns you have. And then allowing you to then to, keep watching yourself as you change the way you move to you find oh that's it that's what it should look like and now i've hit it now i see how it feels and i'm going to start you know greasing that that groove and uh, working that motor pattern under repetition yeah get that neuromuscular activation going so that you can repeat it again right that's i mean that's the exactly. that's what you're doing it's, you 
yeah, it's putting together what you see with what you feel and, and all of that stuff. And, you know, we know that that's, that increases how quickly you learn. Yeah, that's awesome. We actually have you on here to talk about functional fatigue, even though I got you going somewhere else. That was my fault, but I definitely wanted to get into that a little bit. But functional fatigue. So this is definitely something that we have watched. We've always wanted to measure function. We've always wanted to watch athletes move and see how functional they are before they do a dynamic movement. But now we're more talking about using this as a measuring device uh, to see when they begin to fatigue to prevent injury. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. And so why don't you dive in? How do you how do you use this system to measure functional fatigue? Perfect. So there's a couple different ways, but I'll, I'll touch first on just kind of the, the most automated, easiest way to measure functional fatigue, and that's through the CAMS assessment. So CAMS is obviously, as you know, a great, um, you know, whole body movement screen. Um, it's quick, it's easy, but there's a power component to that. And CAMS measures our vertical jump. So as much as it gives us um, joint displacement, you know, we're able to easily plug that in and, and figure out what power output is. So when we start getting um, functional fatigue, whether that be through you know, central peripheral fatigue, um, so whether, you know, short-term, long-term, um, we know that one of the first signs of fatigue is going to be decreased power output. So if I have a CAM score when I'm healthy and fresh, maybe that's the start of my training cycle, maybe that's the start of my day if I'm someone doing you know, three hours of training, um, I can go ahead and retest um, my CAM score. And if I start seeing that vertical jump decrease um, in height and, and the power output, then I know I'm starting to fatigue. We know that that fatigue, central fatigue started to set in. Yeah, for sure. And that's just going to affect all other movements. It's not just going to affect the one movement that it's caught in or the multiple movements. So that's whenever they get into those dynamics. You talk about a baseball player. They're, they're going to start pitching different. They're going to swing is going to be different. They're going to be sitting in the squat different in the catcher position. I mean, you have so many different applications of it, right? That's it, Yeah, exactly. So, you know, like I said, power is step one is power decreases. But, you know, once our power, so that's kind of the way our, our brain's firing to our muscles, right? But then after that, then we start changing our biomechanics. So our movement patterns start to break down. So like, just like you said, a pitcher is going to maybe load their arm a little differently or release that ball at a different spot. So maybe the velocity of my pitch doesn't slow down, but now my, my joint positioning is compromised. So whether that lead to a decrease in performance, because now I'm not, you know, I'm not hitting that sweet spot with that pitch or I'm not swinging as fast through a ball, you know, again, using the baseball reference. Um, but uh, it also then now leads to increased chance of injury because we're right. not moving properly. So we have the ability to know when we start to hit those levels of fatigue, and then we can change our training, um, you know, our training programming as a result of that. Yeah, I mean that's and that's huge. That's a, that's exactly what we talk about in the clinic. That's what we talk about when we train athletes. That's, that's what we all talk about is moving functionally and moving properly. So you're actually starting to take this and be able to measure this, like the CNS fatigue and all this, and not necessarily saying that you're measuring CNS fatigue, but it's a part of the whole functional fatigue because you can't take out the central nervous system and say it's separate. Correct? Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, it's. I think. Um, any physician, any clinician is going to say, okay, we, we don't really have a true way of diagnosing functional fatigue. It's not something that, you know, practitioners like to throw around, but we know it's something that exists. And as much as a lot of right. the mechanisms and stuff are, are unknown, um, you know, we do know what some of the um, signs are. And so if we can measure those signs and say, okay, things are starting to change. I'm starting to slow down. I'm starting to change the way I move. I need to reconsider what I'm doing. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, this is this is how we protect athletes and we protect uh, different things from them. So 
Talking about functional fatigue, uh, do you go into like sleep or do you go into breathing and different things with these athletes as well? Uh, that a combination with the functional fatigue? Yeah. So, I mean, um, I like to personally with my athletes, I have um, a really holistic approach. So I like to help talk to them about whether it be meditating, stretching, their sleep habits, what they're eating, how much they're you know hydrating themselves. And of course, and how all of those other components affect fatigue. So, um, you know, lack of proper recovery, again, sleep being one of the most important things that we can do for ourselves, okay. how that's going to change our camp scores. And, uh, you know, I've, I've played around with it myself and I can, um, you know, I can, I know what my best cam score is. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> I know how I'm feeling on a good day. And uh, I can go in on a day and say, you know what? I had a bad sleep last night. I have two kids. I was up all night. Um, I didn't drink enough water this morning. I guarantee that my score will be lower. Right. I'm not injured. I maybe even haven't trained, but I can drop, you know, um, I've seen as big as about like a 4% drop over one or two days just based on my sleep habits. Yeah, that's crazy. So we can actually measure how your body's moving differently from just yeah. sleep. I mean, this is how we can actually really start to see when this athlete, now I'm not saying talking from experience here, but when the athlete goes out and parties, has fun the night before, and they go out and perform and possibly get hurt or don't play as well, this can be something that's in measure of this stuff. And we can say, hey, you're not going to be able to go out there and perform well enough. You have a chance to get hurt. We're not going to lose you all season for this one game. So. Exactly. You know, the, the CAMS assessment is so quick and easy to run someone through to say, okay, I'm going to take, you know, three, five minutes, let's say, if we're including setup and, you know, getting yourself prepped for out of my day to see where you're at on a, on a, you know, on a function level. I mean, that's, it's a no brainer to take the time and do that. I mean, yeah, you're not kidding. I mean, if you can literally just take someone through a three-minute exam and you have that, and most likely it's someone that you've already taken them through this before so they know the process, and you're just going to open it and you're going to run through 12 movements and you're going to be able to get a measurement. That's cool. And then now we have the functional planar mapping tool too. So that's something that we can actually start to see the biggest dysfunctions in areas, so mobility, stability, and range. How have you used FPM to uh, be an advantage for your athletes? Yeah, so um, I had a group that I worked with, um, I've been working with all year, and the end of the year, obviously, we didn't have the uh, functional planner mapping tool, so the corrective exercise programs I was assigning for them was a, a pretty tedious breakdown of some of the dysfunctions I saw, and it was a lot of back-end analytics and, and, and stuff, and, and sometimes you're just kind of guessing between, you know, is it is it the uh, hip or the ankle? I don't know, let's, yeah. let's work on both. Um, but to be able to have this tool kind of give me those those six areas and say, okay, I'm going to program specifically for that, yeah. um, it's been a, a time saver for me. But I've found a huge improvement in my athletes, the way they move. And I have seen an improvement in their CAM scores by just focusing on those um, those correctives that are tied specifically to those outputs. And then the fun part is if you know what someone's injury is, um, having the system actually show it and pick it up and say, hey, look at that. Like, I know I have tight ankles. Uh, I lack ankle mobility, and sure enough, you know, I did a CAMS assessment the other day, and both of my ankles lit up. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of like that. I showed you that picture of the kickboxer with a left sprained ankle that I took through CAMS, and the FPM tool showed that obviously she needed mobility in her left ankle, but she needed the stability in the knee with the joint above that needed to make up for that range of motion the ankle didn't have. And then the hip needed more stability and then the opposite shoulder. So it showed the spiral pathway and then showed the, the fascial lines, kind of like anatomy trains on there, which was crazy for me to see because that's kind of like the thing, okay, the FPM tool is actually doing what we thought it was going to do. 
and it's mm-hmm. it's visually showing something that hasn't been shown before on just a system screening a patient with a sprained ankle, which was super cool to see. Yeah, and it really changes the way we can, you know, again, we can move away from that, um, you know, treating the symptoms and actually yeah. treating the whole, right? We know that if you got a sprained ankle, it's not necessarily that you have an ankle issue, right? It could be your opposite shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> and then through those fascial planes, that's kind of what you get. Um, so that kind of, it, it spells that out better for us. And if we start treating that kind of whole system and the, the entire dysfunction patterns that we're seeing, I think we're really going to, you know, especially as we move through this, um, you know, the duration and the length and the amount of people using this tool, we're going to see just healthier athletes um, rehab quicker um, because we're knowing um, more specifically what we're, what we're working with. Yeah. And I'll speak to the practitioner side. You're going to see healthier patients because now you're taking uh, practitioners that necessarily don't want to spend 45 minutes running through an entire movement screen, they may want to do a CAMS assessment and do it in three minutes and have these specific areas to rehab. And if they're rehabbing it with their treatment, usually that's how you get people better is because the, these movement patterns that they do every single day are applying extra stress and extra excess stress to these tissues that are already injured, causing them to work harder. So it's, let's get them to move better while they're also treating them for their injury. And that's how they're going to get better faster. So we literally have a tool that in three minutes will give you the top six areas of dysfunction for the practitioner side and the, to, to rehab. And then on the strengths, like you, you literally can train these athletes to become better athletes by these top six. It's amazing how it fits into both worlds to me, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been really neat to see how, um, my athletes have you know, progressed through season and, and now most of the athletes I work with are into the off season. And, um, again, cams is, and especially looking at the way we can monitor functional fatigue and how that plays a role in the way I program for them in the off season. Um, I'm really expecting that by the end of the summer, we'll have, um, truly optimized their off season and, and how we've got them to peak and make those gains um, over the next couple months. It's all about gains, bro. It's all about the gains. <laughs> yeah. No, well, I mean, that's and honestly, what do you want in your off season? Do you want your athletes to go and just to be doing workouts that they think building their chest and doing things that they think that they need to do? Or do you want an athlete doing what their body specifically needs because everyone has different anatomy, so they all need to move in their proper way? So with the cool thing about kineticence too is it goes off the person's neutral through movement as well. And then it varies them out as they start to uh, deviate through the different the three planes of motion. So that's, that's cool because now we're looking at different pelvises that squat different. Well, yeah, but we're going to see if your knee dives in or if it goes out or we're going to see if you rotate in the shoulders. This is the, the cool part of the cam system. You know what I mean? You can use anybody in there. Yeah, it's, it's exactly. I mean, you, you nailed it there. And um, I have a really wide range of athletes. Some are kind of really new to training and, and new to, you know, hitting the off season as they get a little bit older and their sport gets a little more competitive. So for them, we're really focusing on, again, those those motor patterns, learning how to move properly, learning how to move ideally for their body type, you know, the way that they move and breaking that down. And then I have, um, you know, some more elite athletes that are playing very competitive, very high level sports. And we're doing things like, you know, assessing their fatigue just to change the duration of a a periodization block. So if I want to do like a six-week strength build with them at the beginning of my off-season, maybe their body can't quite handle that. And at week four, we CAMS test. Now I see their score going down. I see signs of fatigue. Well, maybe I'm going to deload you because you're probably not going to get much out of week five and six, except for maybe being more fatigued or maybe hurt. Um, or the opposite, I have a four-week plan, and at week four, 
you're not showing, showing any signs of fatigue, your CAM score is the exact same, maybe it's even higher, well, then I'm going to push you because we haven't hit super compensation. If I haven't hit super compensation, we're not getting those adaptive patterns we want. We're not going to actually see those increases in strength. So I can use a CAMS assessment on a regular basis. I tend to keep to about that three, four week mark with my athletes in the off season um, to actually see, okay, are we getting the training adaptions that we want from this type of block? Yeah, and I think that's that's I mean that's key. That's that's um, it's amazing what you can do with the functional fatigue aspect of it. I mean, you're measuring nervous system, biomechanics, everything, right? That's uh, that's so cool. That it takes the guesswork out of it. It gives me a, a, a you know human performance lab without having a human performance lab. I don't need to take blood gases and test muscle fibers um, right. or hook, hook them up to some sort of you know crazy system. It's a it's a three minute test and a score at the end and. Um, the, the things I can do with those numbers is unbelievable. The way we can change how an athlete performs. So I mean, I wanted, I definitely wanted you to be speaking for this this week's podcast, and that's why we wanted to get it recorded uh, pretty quickly. I had uh, Patrick McGowan on to talk about how you can simulate high altitude breathing just from changing into nasal breathing and then deep breaths and diaphragmatic breaths and breathing properly. And now we're talking about functional fatigue. This is the point, like, this is why I wanted you on here. What you're talking about is measuring people and being able to see functionally if they're going to be able to build power or if they're going to regress or if they have a chance of getting injured. That's something that, like, most most uh, strength conditioning coaches, practitioners, nobody has a system that can do that. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, the, the kids here in Medicine Hat that get to go through their off-season using that this year, um, man, those guys are going to have an advantage going into Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, think about if you would have had this when you were an athlete. Like, if I would have had this when I was an athlete. <laughs> the different thing, like, I probably wasn't breaking my ankle so many times. No kidding, right? It would have been a game changer. Um, I probably would have played serious college sports, but and I played <laughs> hockey and female hockey, unfortunately, back then, and even a little bit now. It's not wasn't going anywhere anyways. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I, wish, I wish I was the athlete. Um, I am now when I was 20. Yeah, same here. It's like we get more in shape as we go, right? For sure. I mean, just the way that I can, I'm able, I'm fortunate enough to have this tool to analyze myself and, you know, at, at 32, be able to change the way I move and move better. I mean, it's, it's great. Um, I did a cam screen on my dad the other day and, you know, we're changing the way he moves so he can, at, uh, you know, 65 years old, he keeps running Spartan beasts with me. So, That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's and that's great to hear. That's exactly what we need. Like, I, you're right, though. I mean, I use my system, and I, I know that I'm working on my reverse lunges, and I know exactly what I'm working on as I do them because I'm fairly good at everything else and my balance. So, yep. I mean, it's just from knowing these major movement issues. Like, what's a reverse lunge? Getting a reverse lunge is just going on down to one knee and tying your shoe, and balancing with your eyes closed is turning off your lights or just waking up in the middle of the night and getting out of bed to watch the restroom. You're balancing on one foot as you're trying to figure out where to place the next foot when you can't see. So you have exactly. to be able to do these things. If you can't do these things, these basic functional movements, then how can you go out and play a sport in advanced movement pattern? Exactly. Yep. It's unbelievable, uh, you know, how many athletes I test with, with poor balance and they're hockey players. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you, got- know, <laughs> you want to talk about the ability to balance, you're on one leg on the a, skate. A, a, non, a frictionless surface. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. And then that, that's cool, though, too, because we were at the, when we were at the Braves, the catchers were the most functional and their balance, there's one, they had one catcher, I can't remember the guy's name, I, I feel bad about it, but 
he could stand on one one leg and never move. He scored a 98 on one leg, and I've never seen that before. It was crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's so crazy. But, that, I mean, that shows you the level of athlete that some of these guys are. Like, I would never be able to do that. For sure. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even just a pitcher, how much time do they spend on one leg as they about to release that ball, right? So, um I think that's a, a really big overlooked component of, of performance in sports and, and training and what we do in the gym. And um, this is a really good light, a way to shine light on that. And when athletes think they move well and they get a 17% on their balance, it's like, Ooh, okay. I'm yeah. missing something. Well, right? you don't ever play a sport with two feet down. You're always moving. So one foot is in contact with the ground while one foot is in the air. So you have mm-hmm. to be in some sort of control while you're on one foot. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's, that's huge. Well, Alex, what what else would you like to add in? So functional fatigue, we got into FPM cams, uh, tangents, just like I figured we would. But uh, what else do you want to add with it? No, I mean, I think I think we touched on most points there. I, I, at the end of the day, um, you know, functional fatigue is something that's still really, um, I think, there's still a lack of, of knowledge and understanding and, and probably literature around. Um, and then I think there seems to be more products in the market these days that are really starting to emphasize recovery and fatigue and the amount of stress and strain we put on our body and finding ways to measure that. And it's just another tool in that toolbox and, and having that understanding of how um, fatigue and recovery plays away on the, on just on, not just our performance, like with power, but just our biomechanics and increasing our risk of injury and stuff. I think it's great that we finally have a tool that can objectively start to measure that and provide some insights. And I'm excited to see what the future holds in regards to athletic performance um, with, with that understanding. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you're, you're not wrong. I mean, what, what we're looking at is preventing systemic disease with a system that can basically measure your function. That's going to say that you're going to be able to continue to move well. If you can't move well, then you're going to start moving less. Then pain has become reciprocal and you start getting more and more in pain. You're going to stop moving. Then that's when you get disease. So now we have something that's going to say, hey, you're at a 74 and you need to get up to an 80, which may be around where I am. So don't make fun of me because I know I have to give you one shout out. You did score highest at a 90 on the CAMS exam, correct? Aren't you the the champion? Cam's world champ. (laughs) Well, we're going to have multiple people coming after you after this, I'm sure. Bring it, uh, you know. I'm. I'll happily send a trophy to anyone can that can beat my ninety. Yeah, and guys, I promise you, she has a trophy. She's got it made. Uh, it's, it's on the mantle. That's, that's just for. Um, that's just for calls. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Alex, thanks for joining us today. It was awesome. Um, well, I want you to come back on and probably get more into how you're specifically using the system to teach lifting and uh, mechanics. And I think yeah. that would be a good subject for us to get you back on and talk about. Yeah, we could definitely go deep into that one for sure. Oh, and uh, I think you have a little announcement. Who's our next guest on this podcast? I think you know him fairly well. Oh, I think I do. Our next guest is the one and only, the uh, fittest man in Canada for sure, the <laughs> second fittest man in the world, Pat Vellner. Yeah, Patrick Vellner is coming out, Patrick and he's Vellner. in Cairo school too. So this is going to be a cool episode. He, he is the he is the movement champion. You know, if someone can probably dethrone my cam score, I bet it's Pat. So, Pat, if you're listening, come at me, bro. Oh, that's a challenge right there. We're going to see where this goes. I'll make sure Pat sure has is. a little bit of a little something to say about that. Okay, for you. Yeah, yeah. Tell him to bring it. <laughs> All right, thanks, Alex. My pleasure, bro. Thank you. Wow, what a great episode. It's always great to have Alex on because she's such a wealth of knowledge, especially when it comes to movement and athletes. She talked about functional fatigue, cams, 
FPM, which is our functional planar mapping tool, and different other movement theories, which I always try to get our guests to talk about. Alex also introduced our next guest, Patrick Vellner, big time CrossFitter and chiropractic student. Patrick's coming on to talk about assessing and treating these high level athletes through the practitioner mindset, but he will be able to offer a different viewpoint just because he's been able to compete at that same level as these athletes. We may not have the opportunity to compete at the same level in the CrossFit Games. I know I won't. But Patrick can provide some information that would be otherwise unattainable for us. That's the point of these podcasts is to get these guests on that have been able to live life a different way or experience different things. And then for them to share their experience and what they know so that we can apply it and we can use it in our own lives and our patients' lives. And of course, you'll always have me come on to talk about the measurement and the objective data and how all of these theories and techniques are applicable to using the Kineticense. For more information about Kineticense, you can go to www.kineticense.com and schedule a free online demo and be taken through the whole system and be able to see it on your computer screen. Don't forget, if you enjoyed today's podcast, go onto your podcast app, subscribe, and leave us some feedback. Thank you for listening to another episode of Kineticast. I'm your host, Bo Sauls, and let's keep learning about movement, performance, and rehab together.